Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back to the Quick Brain Podcast. I'm your host, your brain coach, Jim Quick of Quick Learning, where we help people to learn quickly with our speed reading, memory, brain optimization uh, strategies that are simple and easy for you to use. We try to make it as entertaining as possible and really practical and pragmatic. I want to thank everybody also for supporting the launch of our new Limitless Expanded Edition. People can find out more at LimitlessBook.com. Please leave a review. The first edition just came out a few years ago, did over a million copies sold. And we want to thank you, our quick limitless community for making that happen. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about a subject matter that's really near and dear to my heart. Many of you know uh, my story, not only of traumatic brain injuries, but also I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's when I was going through, uh, you know, my challenges. Uh, she passed when I was seven years old. For people that don't have uh, a family member or a close friend that has gone through uh, brain aging. Uh, it was it was a challenge, especially at that age, because uh, she was the one that took care of me growing up. And so we're going to talk about Alzheimer's prevention and uh, treatment diet. And, and we have like the expert on here, Dr. Richard Isaacson, MD. He's a preventative neurologist who conducts research at the Institute for neurodegenerative diseases. He founded and directed the first Alzheimer's uh, prevention clinic in the United States back in uh, 2013. It's written uh, books uh, like the Alzheimer's Prevention and Treatment Diet. Uh, we will link to that in the show notes at jimquick.com forward slash notes. Also uh, an audiobook, book, uh, Brain Power 101, How to Boost Your Memory and Stay Brain Healthy at any age. And who doesn't want to do that at any ages and stage? Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Isaacson. Jim, super, super appreciative for the invite. Uh, great to see you again. Good to be back to familiar territory. We, we spoke a lot several years ago. It's good to be back. So why is diet considered to be one of the most potent tools in protecting the brain against Alzheimer's disease? I think people just haven't been aware that, um, you know, what you eat every day the food that we eat as fuel, um, this is a part of us. And, you know, people think, okay, if you eat healthy, okay, well, that's the, I'll eat, I'll lose some weight or, you know, I can lose my belly or something like that. Well, as the belly size gets larger, the memory center in the brain, the hippocampus gets smaller mm. and you are what you eat when it comes to brain health. And, you know, you can't eat a magic blueberry and think you're going to, you know, prevent or cure Alzheimer's. That's not it at all. But, you know, the totality of evidence suggests that eating in a brain healthy way, the Mediterranean style diet, you know, green leafy vegetables, fatty fish, lake trout, mackerel, herring, albacore tuna, wild salmon, sardines, really, really plentiful in uh, those brain healthy omega-3 fatty acids, minimizing uh, the, the processed foods, minimizing added sugars, staying away from the high fructose corn syrup. You know, eating is a critical component for the brain healthy lifestyle. Um, and uh, it's something we're passionate about. And different people probably need to eat different things depending on their genes. And that gets, that's the complicated answer. Uh, but the, the simple answer is anyone can make a brain healthy choice today to have a cumulative positive brain effect tomorrow. You know, half a cup of blueberries and strawberries a couple times a week in the nurse's health study 
showed that you could delay cognitive decline by two years. Um, you don't have to eat blueberries every day and strawberries because the, the antioxidant properties, they have a long half-life, so you can eat them every couple of days, and that's okay. So there's a lot of nuance with nutrition science. Um, it's hard to study. It's hard to prove. Uh, but our work and, and the work of, of many others uh, has really shown the power of, 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 the, of diet and, and, and the brain. Clearly, what you eat matters, especially for your gray matter. Before we go in, into this a little bit deeper, what put you on this on this course? What guided you along, along this yeah, journey? So, so my, my older brother uh, was a neurologist, is a neurologist. And when he was, uh, I think, graduating med school, um, I was in fifth grade. He's a, he's a little bit old, a fair amount older than me. And um, I remember, you know, getting his books, his textbooks. And I was like the dork in the back of the school bus, like reading Neuroanatomy Made Easy and Understandable on like camp trips during the summertime. Uh, the brain has always been fascinating for me. Uh, but my uncle Bob, uh, my great uncle Bob actually introduced my parents and actually also saved me from a pool. And uncle Bob, um, developed Alzheimer's disease back around 1995. And back in 95, we really didn't have treatment. We had this one drug coming out and it really wasn't doing too much and had some side effects. It's now pulled off the market. But, you know, when I started this whole thing, like just when I started, you know, graduating high school, going to med school, like, there were no treatments for Alzheimer's. And now, you know, we have several FDA approved treatments, both pills that help with symptoms new infusions that may help with uh, disease modifying uh, components. And that's complicated, but just, just there's a whole new era in the treatment of Alzheimer's. So uh, I've been driven by the family, but um, my work is, and our work is just not even close to being done. But you're still hopeful. We have new drugs. We have new genetic understandings. Like, you know, what we're trying to do is use these simple at-home tests to bring down costs, scale care, democratize care. And just like we get a cholesterol test, where you check your HDL, your LDL, your you know total cholesterol, triglycerides. That's what we want to do. We want to create kind of that cholesterol test for the brain. And yeah, I'm hopeful. I, two years ago, I, I would have said this is crazy. This is this is science fiction. This is Theranos talking. Yeah. But this isn't Theranos. I've seen the data. We we actually do this. You know, we work really hard on this. And um, no, I, I couldn't be more hopeful. So I want I want to talk about prevention in, in a little moment. But I, I, when your uncle Bob or other individuals, when when you talk about showing symptoms. I, I imagine a lot of, I'm in my fifties. I would imagine a lot of people who, uh, they have memory lapses and they're concerned because maybe, uh, it runs in their family, uh, like for, for both of us and that they get, uh, anxiety and, and they get a little scared and fearful because they forget where they put the keys or where they park their car or they're having these memory lapses. What are some signs, uh, besides testing, but in, in day to day, uh, is that something for, for people to be scared of? And cause that could amplify, right? A lot of the, the anxiety uh, and fears around it. But is common misplacing of your cell phone or where you parked your car or forgetting a name? Um, how is that different than what should people be looking for for, for yeah, the great, signs? Great, great question. And, you know, when it comes to things like, oh, I misplaced my cell phone, uh, you know, where'd it go? I, I can tell you, I misplaced my cell phone at least twice today. I, um, I don't think I have dementia. I have, well, last night I have sleep deprivation. I have a four year old and a one year old, and they uh, decided okay. to wake up nice and early this morning, meaning like four something in the morning. So uh, between sleep deprivation, between this this totally technology connected, you know, I have these two cell phones because the <laughs> one's going ping, the other one's going pong. I think when someone isn't able to pay attention to something as well as they could, they're not able to form that memory and kind of consolidate. And, you know, you're the memory expert. I'm, I'm just a neurologist and a biological guy. Uh, you could, you know, characterize this probably a lot better than I can. But I think when simple things like misplacing keys in a cell phone, um, that that's not as worrisome to me. 
But when someone has progressive short-term memory decline and, you know, they get lost while driving, right? they have trouble using the keys. They, what is it? What, which key goes to what? And, and you, misplacing your keys is one thing, but finding them later, that's good. But if you misplace things over and over again, you have trouble with your finances, um, you know, trouble with uh, work tasks, losing track in conversations and not able to complete the same sentences that you that you would do in the past. Um, personality changes, changes in sleep patterns, um, changes with anxiety or depression. Those can be some early premonitory signs. Um, the other thing I would say is um, Alzheimer's disease and other dementias begin in the brain decades before the first symptom of memory loss begins. So, you know, my uncle Bob, he was told by his doctors that he was having senior moments and it was okay in his 60s, you know, the glitches. Mm -hmm. And at 72, he was diagnosed with dementia due to Alzheimer's. But if you move the clock backward, that, that means in his brain, he first started having the pathology of Alzheimer's in his 40s, 40s and 50s. And it takes 10 to 20 to 30 years you know, to progress, just like heart disease, you have the you know, buildup of the plaques and the vessel walls. So I think what we need to do with Alzheimer's and dementia, and, and we need to think about things earlier. We need to shift the focus to prevention and reducing risk. And um, I think really it's an exciting time because now we're able to do that in a, in a much more scientific way. When you mentioned he was diagnosed, what does how is Alzheimer's disease diagnosed? Is it is it really clear cut? Is it a a, a a blood test or how is a scan or how how does how does somebody get that diagnosis most of the time almost almost the, by far the majority of time that people receive a diagnosis of alzheimer's they receive a diagnosis based on a clinical diagnosis the doctor hears the story and gives a diagnosis now there are tests there's pet scans that people can do radiology tests of the brain that look for amyloid or tau there's spinal taps that people can do and that's you know more invasive you have to do a procedure but it's not a big deal you get amyloid and tau and you can again make a formal diagnosis that way but I hate to say it, eight or nine times out of ten these tests aren't ordered because most of the time they're not covered by insurance and doctors just don't feel comfortable ordering and patients unfortunately can't afford it a lot of times. Um, so that's the new way. And I think that that way is changing quite a bit. And we hear a lot of, about Alzheimer's, a couple things, uh, you know, in social media world, even um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen like the analogy that uh, heard that your genetics is uh, kind of loads the gun, but your lifestyle is, is the is the trigger. You hear things like uh, Alzheimer's has been called uh, type three diabetes. Is is there any truth to, to these things? People with diabetes have twice the risk of Alzheimer's disease, and there's a really important relationship there. Um, metabolic syndrome, having high blood sugar and, and insulin resistance, and, and a larger waist size or visceral fat, fat around the, the belly and then the visceral internal organs. All of that is related to fast forwarding um, this pathology related to Alzheimer's amyloid pathology, and, and the diagnostic rates are much higher in people with, with diabetes. And the things that we're trying to do now is, again, trying to democratize this, um, you know, have a software solution where someone can go and complete a risk assessment online, take a cognitive test, and then the software learns enough about the person 
to give an individualized or personalized plan to reduce that person's risk. We want to give people a prescription, a brain health prescription that's individualized for them. And uh, that's really the, you know, the power of the new data and, and what software and AI, artificial intelligence can do. This is what, what I'm really excited about. Now, in your book, you offer some guidelines for the general public, like a nine-week uh, diet plan. I would recommend everyone get your book um, so they can see the specifics. But maybe we could talk about some of the key principles of the plan and sure. uh, how it introduces a brain-healthy you know, foods and dietary strategies to, to our listeners. Yep. Are you a high achiever constantly seeking that next level of success? Welcome to the Quick Success Program. It's a deep dive and support system to master your life and scale to new heights in personal and professional achievement. Included is our exclusive monthly book club, where we process transformative ideas from amazing books to level up your learning and your life. We also bring the author to the club to answer your burning questions. You can also participate in monthly live coaching calls with me where your questions meet my decades of expertise. Simply go to quicksuccess.com, that's K-W-I-K success.com, and choose the plan that works best for you. Absolutely. The book tries to you know, give a roadmap forward about um, you know, how to incrementally change a person's diet. Um, for example, um, the body and the brain wasn't meant to have food 24 hours a day, seven days a week sort of thing. Um, giving the, the body and the brain a time for rest, eating within a specific window, maybe having breakfast at 8 or 9 a.m. and having dinner no later than 6 p.m. It gives your body and your pancreas a, a way to kind of relax a little bit. Um, insulin is produced when you have sugar and uh, really insulin can fast forward uh, brain aging and inflammation. So eating in restricted uh, time intervals is called time restricted eating. Some people call it intermittent fasting. To me, intermittent fasting is like a 24 hour or more uh, period, but eating in restricted uh, windows um, is, is one thing. Making a plan, you know, when someone's traveling, getting brain healthy snacks and getting the bad stuff out of the house and the good stuff in the house. So the nine week diet plan um, really tries to walk people through, I don't want to call it common sense necessarily, but it's just some straightforward advice that that can just try to you know handhold someone that when they when they're committed to making a change here's a roadmap forward here are some recipes here are some things you can eat uh, this is what is good brain healthy this is what is not good or brain unhealthy and uh, the nine-week diet plan you know tries to track track a person through that so what would uh, let's say on, on a typical 20 like 24 hour day what what are some of the foods that you would consume when you're not traveling and eating at a hotel or something what would be preferred what would be some of those examples a green leafy vegetables um, a salad at least once or twice um, a day um, adding a healthy protein again wild salmon grilled chicken uh, turkey, red meat once or twice a week, uh, probably a little controversial, depends on how the meat is prepared, you know, grass-fed beef, that's that's better, that's more brain healthy. Um, grass-fed milk, free-range eggs, these are, these are different ways to make specific food choices that are better brain healthy because they're better, for example, in omega-3 fatty acids. Um, plentiful vegetables, um, instead of having processed foods, desserts, fried or fatty foods or unhealthy ice cream, um, you know, having berries for as a brain healthy substitution uh, for, for dessert. My mom used to tell me everything in moderation, right? Um, you can have a cookie here and there um, and you can enjoy yourself here and there, but eating a balanced diet with whole foods, 
um, uh, processed foods, the packaged stuff, uh, the stuff that's been sitting around on shelves for a long time. You know, if it's in the, if you're in the grocery store, go to the outer bounds, right? Go to the place that, you know, the refrigerated uh, area and, and the fresh food, whole foods, whole fruits, you know, um, rather than drinking a glass of apple juice or orange juice, that's just can spike your blood sugar quickly. Have a piece of whole fruit, have an apple and have berries. These are the types of concepts that we try to um, intertwine, but but also in, enjoy yourself. And things can be nutritious and also also delicious. So people put a little little effort and, and, and attention to it, certainly. So we're eating the colors. Uh, we have to uh, avoid, mitigate those glucose spikes, right? Insulin resistance could could you know, cause, uh, you know, just physiological changes and cognitive changes uh, that we probably don't don't want uh, on, on the ongoing. Everyone's bio-individual. And, and obviously this is not meant to, this conversation, this is the disclaimer, not meant to treat or diagnose uh, any any form of disease. Definitely talk to your educated health practitioner. Uh, this is not just protection for us as protection for the person listening, right? To be responsible and have agency. And but if you were to give three top line recommendations, that could be a big needle mover for brain health or staving off dementia, uh, generically to the general populace. If you could have the world subscribe to three things uh, for better brain health, uh, what what would they be then? Number one, seeing a doctor on a regular basis and taking control of what we call vascular risk factors. So things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes. Press the fast forward button on Alzheimer's pathology and cognitive decline. Um, these are things that are entirely manageable and preventable if they're caught really early. So you know everyone needs to get their blood sugar checked at least every year and their blood pressure and their cholesterol every year. And if they do that, and if they start starts tracking up and up and up, then let's do something about it to get it down, 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 down. And that can really slam the brakes on cognitive decline. So that would be number one. Uh, number two, um, you know, I would say um, we talked a lot about it, eating a brain healthy diet, uh, you know, green leafy vegetables, really critical, um, you know, just stopping the junk, eating a balanced diet, eating whole foods. Uh, these are the types of things that can just pay dividends, not just for brain health, but heart health and, and otherwise longevity. And I would say the third thing, because there's just so many, so many things, but the third thing I would say is, you know, take a deep breath. Um, you know, you can grab the bull by the horns. That was it. That was a good deep breath, Jeff. <laughs> I, I feel more calm watching your uh, deep breath that you just took. You can grab the bull by the horns, get educated, get informed. And this education and this information has been democratized. And, you know, we've been working on a, you know, it's a free, um, a, it's a study. It, it, people can, can enroll and join. And it's, uh, you can go to yourbrainstudy.org or retainyourbrain.com. Right now, we're only testing it on people age 53 and above. So if you're 53 and above and have you know, no or minimal memory complaints and, and, and uh, have a family history of Alzheimer's, that's really where we're starting it. But if, if, that, if you're listening and you want to learn something, you can join right now and learn about your brain health. Get a memory test. Get a baseline. The software will learn about you. It will understand your risk factors. It will get to know you. It will give some education and feedback. And after six months, we're going to be able to really get a, a personalized uh, plan and the software can can be your guide. You don't have to go to a doctor's office. You don't have to pay anything. Um, and this is really the goal to, to automate, personalize, individualized care. We want people to feel empowered because we can do something uh, to fight Alzheimer's disease and cognitive decline. And we can do that 
really starting today. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. We'll put all the links as we always do to everything mentioned here at uh, jimquick.com forward slash notes. And it's just a reminder, this conversation that, that we could be the pilot of our brains. We don't have to be the the passenger. So make it a priority. Ask yourself daily, is this good for my brain? Is this bad for my brain? Dr. Isaacson, I want to thank you so much for the work that you do and for sharing it here with our community. How can people learn more about your work? I do research through the Institute of Neurodegenerative Diseases in Florida, indflorida.org. Uh, you can learn about things. We have some education stuff on there. You can donate, of course. We're always happy to take donations. We're a nonprofit foundation. Uh, and then really uh, retainyourbrain.com and your brain stuff study.org is a way for people to, you know, get empowered and participate in research. And if you participate in research and learn about brain health, you're helping everybody. You're not just helping yourself, you're helping the, the field move forward. So uh, really appreciate, uh, thanks so much for the time. Thanks for your platform and um, really had a good, good time catching up today. Amazing. Dr. Isaacson, uh, everybody make sure uh, you share this episode with a family member or a friend that could benefit from it. Uh, please leave a review on, on Spotify or iTunes or YouTube, wherever you consume this. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Uh, Dr. Isaacson, thank you again. We look forward to having you back to share your latest research and things that are exciting. Uh, to help us, our community, build better, brighter brains. No, no brain left behind. All right, be limitless, everybody.